past two years, I grew my stock portfolio by over 40%. And this podcast, I want to focus on sharing you the strategy that I used to accomplish those returns. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're either in two camps. The first camp is two years is not long enough to have any sort of significant investment strategy, and I completely agree with that. Or you're with the second camp that's been on this NFT bandwagon, and you've seen that 40% in the NFT crypto world, I mean, that's a baby change. Nobody cares about that, right? I mean, when people are doing 40% a month in NFT and crypto world, you're like, what is that? Why, why does anyone put up with these lousy 40% returns? But uh, I digress. I think, you know, with this recent market dip and bull run that's happening, and now we're back at all-time highs, it would just be nice to hear kind of what other investors are doing and other approaches that they're taking. So I want to share with my strategy just to give you an idea. I know a lot of you, if you've been listening to me in the past, you've probably heard of something similar and you kind of understand why uh, my portfolio has been doing so well. Um, but if you haven't, maybe this is brand new to you. So I hope that there's something you can take for this and maybe help yourself. Of course, it's not necessarily financial advice, but it is nice to hear other people's strategies. Hi, this is Fly Stewie. This is the Uneducated Investor Podcast, the podcast where we connect investing to pop culture. If this is your first time listening, feel free to follow the podcast and, of course, leave a five-star review on iTunes because that, my friend, is how we grow. Now, the first thing I want to point out is 40% is crazy. I mean, the market on average over the lifespan of you know, the S&P 500 index, it's gone up around an average of 10% or 8% per year. And usually around every seven to 10 years, there's a major dip. But relatively, you know, the average is around 10%. But let me read you the average of the S&P 500 in the last two years. We've had in 2019, this is right before COVID, the S&P 500 went up 31%. And in 2020, the S&P 500, in a year where it dipped around 35%, it managed to finish the year up 20%. And now in 2021, year to date, the S&P 500 is up 15%. Now, if you're hearing those numbers, a lot of them are way over you know, that 10% mark. <clears throat> And if you're someone that follows the NASDAQ, which is kind of not the 500 companies, but it's more condensed list, more focused on the big tech companies. So think about Apple, think about Google, Facebook, you know, those fang stock companies. In 2019, I mean, woo, stock market for QQQ went up 39%. In 2020, the stock market went up 48%. And by stock market, sorry, I mean the NASDAQ. And in 2021, year to date, it's up 17%. Now, with that being said, when you look at like the top holdings of each company, they're relatively similar. I mean, each one has a bit more different weightings, but for instance, like when you think about, let's see here, the QQQ's top holding is Apple, 
with 11%, Microsoft with 10%, Amazon with 8%, Facebook with 4%, or Facebook actually with 8%, jeez. And then Tesla with 4%. Oh my gosh, Tesla is way embedded in here. Um, you'll kind of see why its performance is so well. Realistically, each of these indexes, both the QQQ and SPY, are overweighted with the top like 10 companies in the world. I mean, the NASDAQ, just reading those off, it seems like if I went down the list and just used the top five companies, that's <laughs> that's almost 40% holdings in the top five companies. I mean, realistically, it's it used to be this great diversify play where you buy an index and it's holding all these different companies, but now these companies are so massive with Apple having a size of over $2 trillion, uh, market cap just by itself. Basically, when you're buying an index, is you're buying a piece of these five, six, seven companies, right? So with that all being said, my first approach when it comes to getting a 40% return per year for the last two years is realistically just trying to accomplish at minimum what the market is doing. And there's two ways you can think about the market. You can think about it as S&P 500, which is, of course, a list of the 500 top companies that are performing in the US. Of course, they have it market weighted. That basically just means that if they're doing really good, then they get a higher percentage. If they're doing relatively worse, then they get a lower percentage. It's overweighted to the best performing companies in the economy. So once I really have a good outlook on what I think about, you know, those top companies, those top tech companies in the economy, I then try to figure out where we are in the market cycle, right? So are we at an all-time high or is the market doing a bit of a retraction? And if it's doing a bit of a retraction, how far do I think it will go down? That completely dictates the way that I invest. So right now we're at all-time highs, you know, we're going higher and higher. And when the market's at all-time highs, I'm not necessarily buying. Matter of fact, I'm looking at all my positions and I'm saying, which one of these do I want to hold? Which ones are doing really well? Which ones do I want to kind of skim? And maybe there's some bad companies that I'm like, hmm, if the market dips again, this company's really going down. <laughs> so that's the way I approach the market when it's at all-time highs. Now, when the market dips like it did a couple weeks ago, I look at my portfolio, and that's when I start to make interesting decisions. So when the market starts dipping, it dips, usually I want to look for around 7 to 5%. That's my sweet zone. And then when it's around 5% down, I look for support levels, you know, technical analysis. And I ask myself a simple question. Do I think it will go down further? Now, that's usually based on, you know, just several factors. But the main one I think about is my total outlook on the economy. Do I think it's going to go up and up and up? Right now, we had a major dip in 2020. It bounced back really quickly, but overall, interest rates are super low, so I think the economy is going to keep rising. 
And then I look for some fundamental factors. Was Is there a massive like economic factor, like oil crisis that's going down? Is there a massive war on you know United States oil? Do I think that the stock market has a reason to crash? Is this ca- crash caused by a reason, or maybe it's just overall inflation fears? If it looks like the market just went down for a technical reason, you know, just kind of ran out of steam because it was going so high so often, people are just taking profits. I think normally that's when I like to load up. But if I think there's a fundamental factor underneath, I'm a bit more cautious with my buying. So two weeks ago, market dipped around 6%. And I don't just look for stocks when the market dips like that. I actually like to buy leveraged ETFs. Now, you might have heard me talk about this in previous podcasts, but when it comes to the ETFs that you know and love, like QQQ, which mirrors the NASDAQ, or SPY, which mirrors the S&P 500, I look for a ticker symbol TQQQ, because it's a 3x leverage version of the NASDAQ. I buy this, I either get three times the losses as the NASDAQ or three times the wins. And typically I'll try, you know, I normally have around 10, 20, sometimes 25% cash. And I'll really, really aggressively buy, like heavily aggressively buy. Maybe go down from 20% down to 10% or 5%. And the reason why I do this is because typically when the market dips, it drops fast and hard and really aggressively. And when it goes up, kind of jots along a little bit, you know, going up here and there. So the buying window is relatively short. And I'll just load up and load up and load up. And obviously, recently, that's been really well. That's the reason why, you know, my market and my stock portfolio has been performing well. Because if the market goes up like this year, it's up 15% year to date. Um, I'm up like probably well over 40% year to date. And that's just because if the market goes up 17%, then, you know, when I buy indexes like that, my portfolio will perform three times that, right? But you're probably asking me a very rational question. Hey, Fly Stewie, Mr. Uneducated Investor himself, (laughs) what happens when the market keeps going down? What's your strategy then? So if the market breaks down past that 5-7% support level, you know, historically it only goes down like 7% every two years, but we're in low interest rate environment, so everyone's leveraged it up, so the market's going to be way more volatile than normal. Um, If it goes down from 7% to maybe 10% to, God willing, 15%, my strategy is as follows. Right now, I'm investing in a lot of covered call ETFs. So that's ones like QYLD, which is a covered call ETF um, you know, of the NASDAQ, or one like JEPY, which is a covered call ETF of the S&P 500. And the goal of these covered call ETFs is essentially, hey, I think the market's going to trade sideways or downward. So let me buy something that does great in those environments. That's basically the way I look at those covered call ETFs, while they still participate in some of the upside. So if a market goes up by 10%, maybe the covered call ETF will give me a 6 or 7% return. 
If the market goes down by 10%, maybe I only go down by 7 or 8% or 6%. If the market trades sideways, somewhat sideways, and goes up, that's how I maximize my return by buying those covered call ETFs. So when the market starts to go down and down and down, maybe it hits a support level I like around 12 and 13%. And my portfolio with the mix of triple leverage and those covered calls, if the market goes down 15%, I'm hoping by then my portfolio will only be down by 10, 15%. And at that point, that's when I'm selling aggressively my stocks and I'm loading it with triple leverage ETFs. So I'm selling some stocks. I'm also selling, I'm also buying some triple leverage ETFs like TQQQ or UPRO. And at that point, I'm looking for call options, leaps as they call them, long out of the money call options. Maybe if I like, you know, long-term play on Disney or long-term play on Walgreens, Boots Alliance, or even Facebook, I'll look into those as investing options. And that way, even though you know it's relatively hard to time the market, with that strategy, that's how I've been able to, you know, really maintain that forty percent per year for the last two slash three years. Now you're normally asking, you know, hey, does is this strategy going to work in the long run? And the funny thing is, probably not. <laughs> probably at some point in time, I'll get caught, you know, really buying on the downswing those triple leverage ETFs. Um, and getting really crushed by them. However, because I come from a more like active trading background of trading like Forex, foreign currencies, I'm a bit more, I guess, knowledged, if that's a word, knowledged, on looking at technical charts. And, you know, when the market was dropping like crazy um, at the pandemic, and there was a lot of buying opportunities early on, Somehow, I have no idea. I remember making this crazy Reddit post talking about it. But when the market was down like 30%, I was waiting for an upturn to buy. And that was specifically because COVID looked so crazy that I had no idea where the bottom was going to be. No idea. And that's when it comes back to fundamental news really is what drops the market and causes those massive 10, 15, 20%. Usually, it's not just like a little bit of a scare that causes a 15% drop. Usually, there's some fundamental news that's being priced in the market that you can kind of identify. And at that period in time, I was making a bunch of podcasts on why I thought the market was going to drop. So that's what kind of positioned me for not buying in too soon. So I hope that helped. And as always, the best, most bright investors are the uneducated ones. That's because uneducated investors, they never stop learning. Let me know what your strategy is to really create alpha in your portfolio. Are you someone who tries to time the market, or are you some of the one of the verbiage that time in the market beats timing the market, which I still believe is somewhat true? Let me know. It's at FlyStudio on Twitter, and we, Flight Crew, have to take off. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. If you want to watch movies anywhere in the world, whether you're in the US and you want to watch UK movies, or if you just want a safe, reliable internet connection where you want to make sure that you're out on the go using Wi-Fi, but you don't want to have your data actually compromised when you're checking your investments, use NordVPN. It is the best, number one, most reliable 
VPN service out right now. It's the one that I actually personally use. And for all the Flight Crew listeners, we actually have a cool deal when we partner with VPN, uh, NordVPN. So click the show notes. It helps support the podcast and also gives you the sweet benefits of getting a fast, reliable VPN. So again, within the show notes, within the comments of this podcast, you'll be able to see the NordVPN link. Click it there. It will help the show and give you that fast, reliable internet. Thanks, Flight Crew.